I don't think people should know who Thomas Jefferson is without knowing what to do if he slaps you right now in class. <laughs> what you should do, don't do this. Like, you know I'm gonna fail that class. I'm gonna fail. Good people and welcome into Montgomery and Company. I'm Renee Montgomery. Oh man, we got a lot to talk about this week. And I say a lot. We're gonna have two things we talk about. It's gonna be the Moco debate and the Moco newsroom. And we're gonna get all the way into it. But I also wanted to shout out the FCF. Season three has been announced, and tryouts will be in Chicago, Houston, LA, and of course in Atlanta. So if you think you can hoop, look, I got the gear on right now. You guys, if you guys don't know, I'm one of the co-owners of the FCF Beast team alongside Marshawn Lynch, Mevro. There's four of us in there and so if you got some skills and you want to get some tape and continue your football career go check it out and try out fan control football okay so we've talked about it it's mental health awareness week and so our whole episode is kind of around that because that's something that I think we all should pay attention to it's something that I never paid attention to as an athlete I didn't even know what that's about as an athlete it was interesting to even see new age athletes talking about their mental health because back in the day back in my day back in the day it used to have a stigma attached to it where if you weren't mentally tough and you had mental struggles then you weren't just a great player like that was almost a flaw a characteristic flaw of yours and so now we've progressed in in all aspects and even it's even made it to sports which is very interesting to me and so I also have been seeing things on like the internet about layoffs so when I think about mental health and work I was talking about my work in a sense of sports but also at other jobs we're seeing that layoffs are happening at an alarming rate. And so a lot of things are going on. I know people have seen it. Some of the biggest companies in the world, Snapchat, Netflix, the meta, okay, are laying off 10 to 15 to 20% of their staff, like just layoffs on layoffs on layoffs. And so when we're talking about mental health, we've already covered, as you guys know, quiet quitting and other things of that nature, the great resignation. We've covered it all when it comes to work. But I wanted to talk about just making sure that you understand, like, your job is not your identity. I think people have a hard time with that. And when I say people, I'm saying athletes and I'm talking about other people as well. But your job is not actually your identity. You can go hard for your job. You can be passionate about your job. You can be all in for your job. But whatever happens at your job is not actually who you are. And I only say that because when we're talking about mental health awareness and mental health awareness week and all these layoffs are happening, it's not just meta that's laying off people. It's not just the big companies. I'm sure that people are getting let off in their their job right now. And I know that I saw something also that said remote workers are the first ones getting let go when in this gr- like layoff period. So whatever's happening with you and your job and whatever is happening with you in your world are two different things. So if something not great happens with your job, you got to remember that you are you pick yourself back up, get yourself another job or start your own job or do whatever you need to do because you do need to take care of yourself financially, but just don't let it affect the mentals, man. Like the mentals, man, you got to take care of the mentals because things will happen. I got hacked this morning. Somebody took my Twitter. 
I love Twitter. Y'all know that's one of my favorite apps. I tell y'all good morning and sometimes I tell y'all good night. And then somebody took my Twitter. Ah, Serena was looking at me. She's throwing a fit. She like, why aren't you upset? And I'm like, I can't control that. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, I can't control it. So the mentals, man, that's the only thing that you really can control is your own mentals. You can't control what somebody does to you or what happens to you. So just take care at home. And that's your mentals. MoCo Newsroom, back at it again. What do y'all have for me this wonderful Mental Health Awareness Week? So since it is Mental Health Awareness Week, a new study by NBC News has been published saying that young adults have become more neurotic and sensitive to stress following the pandemic. The survey was published in the PLOS, which is a public library of science, and it is centered around the big five traits, which is openness to experience, conscientiousness, extroversion, agreeableness, and neuroticism. Basically thinking that the worst case scenario is going to happen. And to add to that, a second study was published this week by CNN, conducted by the Kaiser Family Foundation. It says that 90% of people in the U.S. think that the country is experiencing a mental health crisis, and they believe that a major source of that stress is political events. So if you think that people's tensions have been heightened during the pandemic, there are definitely new studies that support that. Wow, that's crazy. That's how I feel. I was in the house the entire pandemic pretty much alone, and so I didn't have any human interaction. Like at all. So whenever it was time for me to come back outside, I'm kind of flinching at everyone around me thinking like, I don't know, people own stuff. I'm I'm pretty much leading with insecurity. I'm mm. I'm outside being more like you said, more sensitive to everything just because I feel like more pressure to be perfect. Because yeah. I was back outside now. It's like, okay, I've been in the house so long. Let me come out and make a splash. And with that I guess I may have led with my insecurities in those moments because it's like, okay, this is the moment. I'm back outside. Yeah, and no, that's a good point. more sensitive. Do you think you're past that now or is it like permanent you now? It's not permanent me uh, anymore. It took a while of me getting back outside and kind of just kicking it with strangers kind of like as far as just like speaking to strangers and how you doing, sir, ma'am, striking up conversations just to, to train my mind to be back that, all this talk during the pandemic of people's lives mattering or whatnot, and all this stuff going on. Mm-hmm. I'm training, I had to train myself to be peaceful around certain races, like in certain people, just because they view me a certain way. I'm black with tattoos and dreads on my face. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Right. And so people look at me a certain way. I had to stop assuming that the person looking at me saw what I was thinking and give people a fair chance. And once I did that, I realized that, man, everybody cool, man. They just don't know how to communicate. That's Mm -hmm. what's up, Jew. It take me communicating more and getting it out of them. You know, that's the number one problem. The number one problem is communication. Yeah, for sure. 
that's a good point. Uh, like when they're everybody during quarantine, I remember hearing a lot, oh, when the floodgates open, you know, when everything opens up. And I guess, you know, I never really thought about it that way, but it is, it was some pressure of, okay, so you've been locked up for so long. What have you been working on? What, what are you doing with all this free time? You know? So it's like, I think that there's a big emphasis right now on it's okay to do nothing. You don't always have to be busy, 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 because we're a very busy type of culture. And I feel like, you know, quarantine and COVID and everything kind of brought us back to, you know, let's, let, we, we don't always have to, you know, put that pressure on ourselves to constantly stay busy. I think it was quite the opposite for me. Um, I think that, yes, the busy, 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 I was so busy with, we had so much going on right before that everything shut down that once it shut down, I realized I ain't got to do nothing. <laughs> I don't do well. I don't have to do anything. Mine went the opposite way. Like a lot of people, when they came back out, let me tell you, my biggest concern when I came back out was I didn't want my kids to get COVID, but then we got the shot. So then I was like, okay, I'm kind of cool now that we got the shot. But my biggest thing was now the word no comes out my mouth <laughs> so fast because I was like, I have been in my house not being bothered mm-hmm. for so long that now when I come out and people are like, oh yeah, we want to do this. I'm like, nah, I'm good. Mm-mm. No, I'm good. Maybe that's how a lot of people feel too, though. It made me just feel like, and then like certain things that you wear, like people wearing certain stuff to certain places. I'm like, you good, Vance. You, you, we, we good. We <laughs> want to go. All this pressure. With, yeah. yeah, it's just like, whatever. Because then we found out, you know, basically, regardless of who had what and who was doing what, they was in the house like we was in the house. They was in their pajamas from 8 a.m. to 11 p.m. <laughs> they would sleep when they would sleep. You know, it just became, everybody was kind of just like the same. So my problem is now, like my <laughs> mother-in-law said to me, you just, I just don't. Boom. And, that's, and that could be a problem too. No, to that point, I, I mean, for me, <laughs> I think that what happened, like you hit on something, Cole. Okay, so the pandemic really made people see what they value. Like, I think the thing that the pandemic made you see, whether you wanted to or not, it made you see who's down for you, who you can trust, what you value. Because when you got time alone, that's why people even say in therapy, like, spend some time with yourself and your own thoughts and get to know yourself. And even you here in relationships, like you can't love somebody else unless you love yourself. All of those are like a self journey. And I think the pandemic really made people have a self journey. And so for me, this is like probably a shocker alert to people, but like I have a very extroverted personality, but anybody that actually knows me knows that I would prefer to be inside just chilling, like in the corner somewhere, 10 times out of 10. Like that is like, If you ask me to typically, do I want to do something? It's probably a no. I'd rather be in the house. Like I got very, very introverted tendencies. And what the pandemic happened, Cole, to your point, I started like, yeah, nah, it's like the pandemic gave me excuses almost like, yeah, nah, I can't go. No, it's not for me. Like, cause I'm more of a introverted person. But again, if I was alone all pandemic, I might have wanted to interact more. So it's like, I, during the pandemic, Like me and Serena, we just got married. People didn't even know it because we hadn't even announced it yet. But we was honeymooning. I got like a new family. It was like different for me. But I could under I could imagine that. No, I totally understand Juju's point because my house 
there were people swinging from the chandeliers in here. <laughs> I had college students who had way too much energy. They was trying to kill themselves. They was doing stunts. We was patching people they up. They will tear the house down. <laughs> they was really, li- they was literally wrestling. I was literally running. Are you speaking of my grandsons? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> no, yes, ma'am. You that. know, your one grandson almost killed himself on a skateboard. No. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know so, that snuck. That was know, bad. They got, you know, they got bold and wanted to do, I mean, because they were used to do, living their own lives. Yeah. They were used yeah. to having their college life and it got disturbed and then the high school life got disturbed. So my point is, is that if I were in a house by myself like Juju, yeah, that probably would have been exactly where I was. Mm-hmm. I think it just depends on your situation. My situation was I got real comfortable with just we don't have to do anything. It, it really, like I had my, my schedule was morning, noon, and night, morning, noon, and night. And now if we miss something, I'm like, it'd be, yeah. right. it'll be there tomorrow yeah, type thing. Yeah. So. The point I was at too, prior to the pandemic, I had set everything up. I was in the process of kind of reclaiming my dreams. And so when the pandemic happened, it was after I had paid to be on tour our summer it was after oh, I had already man. scheduled my song, my uh, little mixtape to come out that was supposed to be before my album, but Dang. I just hadn't recorded it yet, but I got it all written. Now all the studios closed. And so yeah. the world being closed down to me represented my dreams crumbling. Dang. And I could do nothing about it but sit in the house and watch DJ Nice and, I mean, a lot of other DJs go live and get millions and millions of views. Meanwhile, I'm in my house realizing that, damn, bro, my dreams is on pause or is it, are they over? Or like, will I get another chance to get some momentum when this is over with? Dang, that's tough. And then I realized what you said, that you, you, you see who mess with you or not. And sadly, during the pandemic, I realized that I ain't got no real, real partners except one. My dad dead, you know what I mean? But it's like, I ain't got no real partners at all. Like the whole, I'm talking about nobody called me during the pandemic. Not wow. besides my yeah. mama, like, you know what I mean? I wish I'd yeah. had your number. No, that's I what I'm about to say, that's Juju. over now. You yeah. got a yeah. whole crew now, now. for you real, for real. Sure. And we don't hear from you in a few days. Yeah, it's gonna Might be. Might have somebody <laughs> kicking your door down. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> that's the way we do. And to, yeah, and to Nicole's point, I feel like people, you know, they're in quarantine. I feel like they understood their limits. You know, like now yeah. everybody's been talking about it. Oh, people's patience are getting a little bit shorter and shorter. You know, tensions are just a little bit, a little, everything's a little bit more tense when you go to the store. People don't want you to touch them and things like that. I, I feel like people just understood their limits a little bit more. Like even. No, we figured out people are dirty. And, yeah. yeah. And, and to, exactly. <laughs> don't breathe on me. You yeah. ain't brush your teeth. Ew. Don't touch my cart because you don't wash your hands. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and and Roy took put in the chat that people who thought it was a hoax, which was a whole thing too, were right. spitting and coughing on people on purpose. I remember when people were licking exactly. things at the grocery store. It was just mm. a wild, it was a wild time out there for like everybody. But man, we got to keep on moving to our next news story because that one, man. I mean, like I think that everybody 
has a certain like feeling about the pandemic and what it did, but we all can all agree that the pandemic changed us. Like no matter what, whether it changed you to stand in your no harder or whether it changed you to want to be more social or whatever. And it also changed people in the workforce and they don't exactly. like that Exactly. It changed, it changed yeah, so. everything. I mean, and Juju, I'm, I'm going to let you right, know right now your dreams is still unfolding. So yeah. that ain't like, it. Look, look but at what everything what you, what you that's happening. Right. Why are you young? How are you young? Listen, your dreams are still on the way. I'm just They're saying that. There. But what we got next in MoCo Newsroom. Thank you, Serena. That was dope. What else we got? What else we got? Okay, well, I think I'm going to jump in here since we're talking about mental health. And CNN had a uh, something on live TV and, you know, they put it on the Internet. But anyway, the article was entitled Nia Long Shares a Tip for Protecting Mental Health. Mm. And we know who Nia Long is. Um, she's an actress and she was a fiance to the Boston Celtics coach who uh, recently had some uh, front page stuff going on. But anyway, the uh, actress took to Instagram on Tuesday morning writing a tip for mental health. And this is really good. I'm really proud of her. I think this is just just straight out good advice. Learn to distinguish who deserves an explanation, mm. who deserves one answer, and who deserves absolutely nothing. Nothing. And I think that's the best advice that's what I ever. Said. That's really good advice, actually. Because a lot of times we're concerned about stuff and we need to realize who, who's it important to. You know what I mean? That's right. So this is nearly two weeks after all of this stuff has been on the internet about you know her and her fiancé or whatever. From everything that I've read, it doesn't seem like her feathers have been too ruffled. So anyway, I think she's a strong individual. It's very interesting interesting you say that because I saw something and look, sources are all sources. Snook came from CNN. I'm reporting live from Baller Alert. I saw on Baller Alert that Nia Long's oldest son's baby father had basically alluded to the fact that he had spoken to her and that she's kind of not going to leave him and that she, he actually said that Ime Yudoka is a good dude. He loves how he's helped raise his son. He said that like, he's been a good dude the whole time I've known him. So it's starting to get interesting in a sense of like, okay, so to her, like the reason that she probably put that statement out to CNN is because she's basically saying, if I stay with my fiance, some of you folks, I ain't going to say nothing to. Some of you folks, I might give one answer. And some of you folks, I might explain myself. However, I'm going to determine who gets what. So I think that's kind of what she's kind of laying the foundation for, because to your point, Snook, I have seen the same type of things where it doesn't look like they probably are going to separate. So it's she's basically letting people know, mind your business and I'll mind mine is how she's going to protect her mental health. I've always said, you know, in situations like that, when you have to make a decision whether you stay or whether you go as a female or you put him out or whatever, the thing is, and, and I've known females, well, you know, they're waiting for you to put him out because they have, you know. <laughs> Somebody else going to scoop him up? <laughs> they have a little something waiting for him, you know, when, he, when he's all down Bring and out because long. you done put him out. I've been doing this too long, yeah. but I'll be... <laughs> Yeah, Beyonce said it. She gonna be yeah. rocking chinchilla clothes. I let you go. Oh, Beyonce said it. There's a whole song about it, Snook. Yeah. So anyway, so that's you know that's that. So uh, Nia's just saying that. Hey, you know, we still hanging out. Don't, don't you know? Don't get too uh, 
out there with that. Yeah, so anyway. I absolutely love this just because like she like like Renee said, she's like, look, I don't got to explain myself to anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, this is like like back on the mental health emphasis. I, people don't live your life for you. You know, you're the nice. one who's going to have to live your life. So everybody wants to have their own opinion on your life. They're not going to be the ones that are, you know, going through these experiences. So you're going to be the one that's going to have to be the one to take those tough, you know, decisions and things like that. So she's like, you don't got to explain yourself to nobody. And she having to deal with all these trifling brothers mm-hmm. all trying to Superman her right now. <laughs> everybody leave my beautiful sister Nia at Nia alone, alone right now. She's going through a lot. All these poor brothers in her DMs. You think so, they shooting their shot? Is not, bro, they, this is not the time for that, brothers. Public announcement. This is not the time to be messing with Nia alone, brothers. Let mm-hmm. that woman heal. You know what I mean? She, Dude, this is, this is rough. Like she is going through a rough yeah. time. Yeah. She don't want you no or nobody right now. So <laughs> That's cut a fact. Out. Spoken like a true gentleman. Love that. Mm-hmm. They want to be there in case you stumble. That's the other side of it. They're there in case you stumble. Right. And, you know, a lot of times it's so strange and you hear about it. You know, you don't even always see it in a movie or whatever, where that person is usually the best friend. That always gets me. Well, I can't believe he did you like I've that. I've been telling you for years, man. I've yeah, been telling you, you need somebody that's going to treat you mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. You don't deserve none of this. <laughs> Cole, I can't wait to hear what you got to say because Cole has... I don't know if I should even comment. <laughs> Cole has had a couple sighs in there that I've heard. So. I don't even think I should comment. I, does, I think I just need to leave it alone. First of all, they have been together how many years without being married? They was engaged for Ten years. years they're, right? Well, they're been fiancés for five years, I believe. They might have been together for 10 plus, maybe, yeah. <sighs> There's been water under the bridge before is what you want to say. That's not, right. That of the I, time. Think, I don't think that she's shocked or concerned because she's been here before. I think that's the reason why she said for those who want an explanation, she'll give the one she just thinks deserve it because she's probably had to explain something before. Well, yeah. And we have to remember, we're not in people's relationships. Or not explain. So when we, we found out about Will and Jada, first they was our goals couple, right? And then a lot of people no. were like, oh, wait, 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 wait. No, mm. I'm talking about before, Snook. Before all I'm this stuff, about it was like, for two, I'm talking because about. then people feel like, oh, maybe they have an open relationship or maybe they have an understanding. We don't be knowing what kind of understanding folks that. have what and what they don't have. And so it's kind of interesting because it's like, like she said, I'm going to explain myself to who I need to. But the people, to your point, Cole, that she probably would, her inner circle, they probably already know the deal. So she don't even have to explain whatever, what's understood ain't got to be explained. It also, on the same breath, Tom Brady and Giselle Bundchen have now, you know, hired a divorce lawyer. And the memes been flying, bull, because a lot of people said that <laughs> Giselle didn't like that Tom Brady was going back to football and they got divorced. We can't assume Twitter and everyone else that that is what broke that relationship up. They could have been fighting for years and and it was just like something else. But it's just like we don't know what's going on in relationships, although we love to speculate. Nia Long was like. I ain't giving y'all no explanations to nothing. I haven't seen him sweating either, so I don't know. (laughs) 
You know what I'm saying? He seen too much sweating on his side. Ain't nobody acting so. crazy or nothing, you know? I know. Like, you know, ain't you know, taking the building line. hostage no, and all that yeah, kind of stuff. No. So yeah. I, I feel like that, you know, like you said, it, what it, what's understood doesn't need to be explained. And I feel like that's where they're going to leave it. Now, the only piece of people she got to answer to is to her kids because her kids are going to, they're seeing this on social okay. media. They're seeing this on TV. So those are probably the only explanations she's going to give. Everybody else can mm-hmm. just And that's rocks. exactly yeah. what she means. Like just, you know, yeah. to the people that yeah, actually matter. To that son, she's, to make sure, she's a wise you know, woman. Um, I've known relationships where the son has found out about you know someone, uh, his dad doing you know things like that, and they've had this wall that immediately went up between them and the dad. So she needs to be there working with her son, you know, to make sure that he's weathering this situation correctly. Tom Brady teammate announced his retirement today. And he said it's because he wanted to be with his wife and his kids and be a full-time, full-time father. Full-time dad and full-time <laughs> husband. I that. I was like, so were you like a part-time husband before? Like- I'm cracking up. So what is his name? Um, Cole uh, Beasley. Cole Beasley, a wide receiver for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He abruptly, right now in the middle of the season, announced that He's retiring from football and he's going to go on to be a full-time husband and a full-time dad. And it kind of sent the internet in a hilarious frenzy because, because like, it was like, you sir, time? were like, you what? half-time dad and half-time, part-time dad and a part-time husband? Yeah, probably. Nah, it's in the middle That's what Giselle want from Tom Brady. <laughs> so Giselle looking at Tom like, look at here. See that? Look at your boy. Yeah, she look, gave look it all up. And then he just won't stop. Two words over with. This why. <laughs> and that's probably what Cole Beasley's wife told him. She was like, look at here. I'm going to tell you what Giselle told Tom. You had two catches last game. You need to quit. <laughs> or come on home, brother. Because it is not working out for you. You may as well come on home. Uh, and moving on to the next logo. What else y'all got I'm in the done. newsroom? What else we got? All right, so... I had two, and one of them is a bark in the kennel that I really don't want you to give that much uh, talk about. It says, deeply offensive California school forfeits football season following slave option. Oh, my goodness. Slave option. Oh, my God. Yeah, I've seen that. I was I like, okay, that. this is terrible. This is awful. I agree. You know, the school is doing something about it. Until I heard two key pieces of information that made me think that... Yeah, they were punching them, but not really. So this school, they did a prank on the school bus and then they forfeited the season. By the time they disciplined all the players who were part of this this prank, they didn't have enough to play the season. Well, they put them out of their misery. They're daggone record was 0 and 6. (laughs) So why you're not, why you on this bus focusing on the slave auction and not focusing on the playbook is beyond me. And then second of all, the school system literally wasn't really doing, I mean they did what they had to do, which I'm not going to say they weren't but it's like so the kids who didn't do it got to go to down to JV, which that doesn't work if you're really a senior playing. But whatever have you. My point is a bark in the kennel because this is becoming a more common thing that we're seeing here in America. Hmm. And you really can't discipline kids that don't know about racism. And since you're taking that out of history, I'm going to keep on saying this until people understand. And, and you're taking it out of history to understand <laughs> what slavery and what racism is. You can't discipline something that kids don't know. It's almost like disciplining a toddler. Yeah. If a toddler doesn't know that they're not supposed to do something and you discipline them for it, you're disciplining them without telling them exactly what it what is. What happened to expulsion? Like, what happened to getting expelled from school? Like, you know what? They would expel black students in a minute exactly. well, I was going to say Cole to your point it's diff- it's interesting though because that age group y'all know better 
first of all, like y'all know better that age group, the younger kids, like if it's Vance's era and we're talking seven and below and they really might not have been able to, there's no way in the world, in my mind, that these high schoolers don't know better. No, no, no. I'm not saying they don't know better. I said with them moving forward with how they're changing, how they're teaching history, you aren't going to be able oh, to true. go ahead and discipline true. kids on acts of racism without teaching them what racism actually is. And if you're taking it out of a history where they see examples of it, then you can't go to someone, let's say 15 years from now, like you said, Vance's age, if they haven't taught it, how you, if these kids are doing this and we as old or adults know it's not right. How are you going to disappoint these kids? You can't no, do that. No, it's true. It's and Roy anarchy. said, nah, man, if they know about a slave trade, they know enough about racism to be oh, expelled. no, I agree. These kids, I'm just yeah. saying, because right now, No, he was talking about Juju. He young. was responding to Juju. Yeah. Oh, yeah. said, what about expulsion? Oh, yeah, yeah. Whatever happened to expulsion? And, and Roy said, no, expulsions. Oh, yeah. Man, if they know enough about slave trades, then they know enough about racism to be expelled because dropping oh, them down and different things of that nature, it kind of sets a tone of, racism isn't as offensive as fill in the blank because some things might be expulsion ready like you do this and it's like you're out of here automatically so it's like but do they even really practice expulsion anymore because where are you sending these kids to i mean because a lot of these kids are still even if you expel them when they're 12 and 11 and 10 or how or 15 or 14 it's like they still have to go to school till they're 16. So where are you sending them once you expel them? No, that's, that's the other question. Roy said two so Americas. So that's the other question. Yeah, two Americas. So that was my bark in the kennel. Uh, Hold on, well, wait, 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 one second, one second, one second. <laughs> Before you finish that, to finish, to go with what you were saying about knowing about slavery and all those things and how they can get in trouble before that or for that not knowing, I think that serves the same purpose with patience. Like kids in like elementary school, K through like three, they shouldn't be in the class all learning about math only and maybe a little science here and a little social studies here and there. You should institute a class called patience. You should institute hmm. a class called like what to do in Critical scenarios. Thinking. Right. I taught so that. When it comes to peers, like, you know what I mean? When it comes to your peers, because that's the most important thing to teach a young mind. Like you say, they can't grow up not knowing about the slave trade. That's the same thing. Some of these kids grow up without people in the house showing them what's hmm. right to do with their patients or they see somebody snapping at home. So they snapping mm-hmm. in class. That's very so, true. That's true. Yeah, that's smart teach them behavior. In the house. That's yeah, very exactly. true. That's very true. Sure. <laughs> Roy said people might confuse critical thinking with critical race theory. And that's the problem. I don't know about that, Roy. I don't, I don't know. That's, that's true. So? He said people are stupid. When I say critical thinking, we tell this to my son all the time. I'll be like, Junior, explain to me why this is a good idea. If he tries to, like, I want Junior to be able to articulate to me. So when I say critical thinking, just to clarify, I want you to be able to assess a situation. You have this, you have that. What deductive reasoning can you make from that situation, from your past experiences, from your knowledge that you've learned and just from your gut instinct? Because I believe in that, too. So yeah. when I be talking to, to, to our son, I'll be like, no, Junior, tell me about this situation. And when he says something, I'll be like, now, why did you think that was a good idea? Like, I want to know what he thinks. And I want like <laughs> I do that. Too. I, want him, I want him to try to explain it, because sometimes even as he's explaining it to me, he realizes it was not a good idea. But to your point, Juju, I don't know if that's being taught everywhere. I mean, I learned that in sports the most in the sense of like you assess situations quick, like boom, 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 boom. we're assessing situations fast all the time. But also too, just in regular life, people, I don't know if 
people have critical thinking skills anymore or do they They just follow what a crowd is saying or follow what the person around them is saying? And that's how you end up doing a fake auction of actual humans. Like that's that's when it happens where you just follow in the crowd. I would agree. I I don't think people should know who Thomas Jefferson is without knowing what to do if he slaps you right now in class. (laughs) You know what I mean? What you should do? Don't do this. Like you know what I mean. I guess what, Juju? I'm a fail that class. <laughs> I'm a fail that class. I'm, I failed. Turn the I other cheek, it. baby. I don't know about that very much. I'll tell you. I can turn my cheek for a lot of stuff, but once you put your hands on me, I think it's all bets it's off. Exactly. Because it's first off. of all, let me tell you. And the reason why he's right about teaching what to do, but I think the problem is even Juju in that instance is is that kids are being taught that everybody is your friend and that if someone doesn't like you and they do something mean to you, you shouldn't retaliate. And even the school system rewards that because if I get hit five times and I hit you back, why am I getting suspended? And that to me is teaching the person who is less aggressive not to be able to stand up for themselves. The person who's hitting the people, they're going to be good. They're fine. They're going to come back to school. They'll be fine. But now we have a bunch of people, like you said, who can't tolerate things and don't know how to stand up for themselves. So in one instance, you want to teach kids, I would say, to be more sensitive to people who are different but then you don't want to teach them to not be aggressive and stand up for themselves it's like a very fine line mm-hmm. and that's take the part from, from me people who are different yeah let's just flip yeah. it give them anger management then this is an anger management class in, in, in kindergarten like not so not be reactive to be proactive like okay cool everybody one two three yeah I think that there's some interesting things there, like teach people life skills as well as book skills. Like, you know, so it's basically like we teach a lot of book knowledge and a lot of book things that you can learn. That's that's tactical. Like you you mess around and you found out, you know, like that's that's book Mm -hmm. stuff. It's a charts, you know, so yeah, but we also might need to teach kids because I also honestly think (laughs) the biggest course that I think every kid right now needs is going to need is a confidence course because of now social media. Thank you. So I think that social media is going to make people very, very insecure. Adults are insecure because of social media. So how do you think a kid is going to navigate? And and I know everything isn't about social media, but also everything is about social media because this is is where we are now in the world. It's just that is how we connect through the Internet, through social platforms. So while they're teaching anger management, while they're teaching patience, they better add confidence in there. You know, they better add how do you react to a bully? Because we see a lot of children committing suicide and it's like children committing suicide. That's what I'm saying is that's the part that's for me. That's what I'm saying is that the school system does not nurture enough of stand up for yourself because the school system wants you to come to them. Yeah. For them to help you. And then they they can't help you. So how did you, the child supposed to navigate? Well, like, oh, tell the teacher. The teacher tells the administration. The parents come up there. They uh, they're up there yelling, and, but no one is telling the child hit them back because <laughs> you're getting hit anyway. You're getting hit anyway. Like I just want parents to understand. And that's like the kids are like, oh, well, they're not. That's not them. Well, guess what? That's not them, but this is what's happening to them. You have to teach them to be able to stand up for themselves. And if they can take a hit when they don't want to take a hit, they can fight back. Mm-hmm. They're going to get hit right. again, so they get hit anyway. Right. It's just you got to teach. That's why you teach your kid karate, uh, with taekwondo. Jiu-Jitsu, <laughs> all exactly. of it. Yeah, listen, no, Coach Justin Cobra Kai. For sure. Yeah. That crazy? Let me just say this real quick little story. When I was, this is 1959 or whatever, well, maybe I was in the 
third or fourth grade. But anyway, we used to have some uh, interactions with people with fights after school, before school or whatever. And so the principal called me in the office and was telling me this biblical story and that I should turned the other cheek. I mean, it was pretty, pretty lengthy little story and everything. And when he finished, he said, well, do you know what, you know, this is what I've told you. I said, yeah. And he said, what does it mean? I said, well, I'm just going to tell you, I know what you told me, but my grandmother told me if somebody put their hands on me and I didn't hit them back, I better not be returning to her house. So I, I don't know what I would yeah, do. That's, but, you know, back but in that's, the day, nobody was playing was. that. But, yeah, you wasn't yeah. playing that. It's still like that for me. It's still like <laughs> it, that for me. I don't want my child being a punching bag and then <laughs> feel like I can't help him because I'm telling him to tell the teacher and the teacher's telling the principal <laughs> and the principal's telling the child, don't put your hands on him. And then as soon as he turns his back, they putting their hands on him and he going back. It's a vicious and ugly cycle. <laughs> Who wants to live with that every so day? So you told him to turn around. I told Knock Vance, the head off yeah, let me tell you, that happened. Mama tell you, I just told her story yesterday. A little boy, Vance got a fresh cut. You know, fresh cut, this, that, and the other. So the boy slapped him back of the head. And Vance literally picked him up and just slammed him. You won't slap him in the back of the head again. It was on the playground. I saw the whole thing. I watched it from the beginning to the end. And then guess what? Today they're playing. Okay, that's, See, that's the thing about kids, though, yeah. And that's the, but though, but that's the thing because Vance fought back. Now it's not a big deal. It's not like the kid's going to be like, oh, I'm going to try it again. He had a great reaction yesterday. He cried. He, no. He took up for himself. So now it's like, okay, cool. But you got to take up for yourself at some point. Like I could have got out the car and said, hey, don't put your hand. Now what's that going to do? Yeah, mm-hmm. Mama's yeah. boy. Then he becomes yeah. a mama's boy. So no, I just, <laughs> I, I agree with Juju. I just think that also with patience, you need to teach self-confidence. Well, you defend yourself all, yeah. at all times. Yeah. All right. So my real, so let me, uh, let me, t- let no, me get to No, you my- can't do no real one. We out of time. I'm sorry. Oh, man. I hope y'all enjoyed the newsroom. Like, there's a lot that happens every single week. So much so that we don't even have enough time to talk about everything. Okay. Okay, so we're back at it again with the MoCo debate. Paul gave us a great one. Ooh, Lord, check it out. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. 
Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com The rundown is, this is a great debate, VP. Thank you for this. So, Roy, Juju, we want all of y'all's inputs too. VP, we want you too. So come on with it. The debate is that Aaron Judge hit his 62nd, I believe, home run, which is historic, unbelievable. The ball is worth some money. So a lucky guy that attended the game caught the ball. Now, when you catch the ball, it's your ball. Like, that's that's yours now. That's how sports works. It's like that is now your possession. You own it. The honorable thing that a lot of people do is give back the ball. Sometimes there's deals with it. Tom Brady, when he threw his certain amount of touchdowns, you know, he gave the person a jersey, a signed jersey, tickets to the game, you know, like they will and deal for these balls, okay? So that that's the side note. This guy, Aaron Judge said, I would like to have my ball back. So now people are like, to the guy that caught it, are you going to give it back to him? Well, he's now, time has passed He's gotten offers for the ball, of course, because it's worth money. It's valuable. So now the guy that caught it said, yeah, I'm not sure if I'm ready to just give up the ball just yet. So there's a big debate going on on whether you do the honorable thing and get that man his ball that he broke history or whether it's your ball, you do what you want with it debate. So we're going to bring it to the MoCo debate because we want to hear what y'all got to say about this historic moment. We can make everybody happy. You know, you want a deal that, you know, everybody ends up happy. So you just tell Aaron Judge that uh, you got a $2 million offer on the table. All he has to do, here's the ball, and you just give me 2.1 or 2 point, and, <laughs> and it's yours. And so, therefore, yeah, yeah well, I mean, if he's going to be, you know, having all that money, he can have the ball, and the fan who caught it can have the money. And so, everybody leaves happy. I love it. Exactly. <laughs> I didn't sign no contract when I walked in this building. I didn't do nothing. I sat in my chair and he hit the ball at me. I could defend myself. I almost got hit in the face for real. You're lucky I don't play charges. So for real, for real, don't call my phone for less than 10 million. And if I deal with the Yankees, we already know they got cash. So I'm going to tell them they're going to match the offer. And I need behind the plate home seats for the rest of my life. You can't, you can't oh put a price God. on your life. <laughs> the, not my life. I'm talking about for the rest of my life, I'm sitting, I'm right there in the camera. Front right and center. <laughs> front and center. Playoffs. Every game. Rest so of my life. So nobody wants to do the honorable thing and get that man his history. Man, nah. Honestly, <laughs> I mean, here's the, here's the problem. I don't know if this is the truth or not, and y'all can check me on this. <laughs> Has anyone ever paid that much for a football? Yeah. They yeah. have? The, the Tom Brady ball. This stuff lot. is big money. Memorabilia is big money. That's why the auction people, they almost, some people say before the ball even gets hit, they say, hey, we're paying $1 million to whoever catches the ball because they want it quick because you wouldn't pay $1 million if you're an auction if you don't think you can flip it. 
So you got to think okay, about so that. So to be honest with you, that all these players that are making 40 plus million dollars a year, they shouldn't be looking for that ball. I mean, exactly. honestly, you I'm make saying. way too much money to be asking me to give up that much money. I say, that's what I say. Trade it. Don't give it up. You you I make mean, a deal. Yeah, but she's let's saying say, I, let's I agree. Make a deal. I agree with Snook. You can make a deal if you want the ball. You got two million. Give it me. The, give me the two million. But my point is, is that you asking people. Most of these people are not rich people who are getting these balls. You're asking broke yeah. people to give up two million dollars right. so that you can have it sitting in the glass case in your house. It's not gonna work for it. I wouldn't work for me. I don't know. That's not an honorable to ask. It's just a memento, man. It's not an honorable to ask. About that glass case. That's life changing. <laughs> life changing. I mean, we are talking about life changing money. I remember That's that. Honestly, with the Tom Brady ball, it was actually a little bit interesting because the people went up there and took the ball or something like. Right. Somebody oh. they said that you got to give the ball back, and that actually wasn't true. <laughs> well, I would have fell out and broke my neck with the ball in my, in my shirt. Somebody told me he had to give back the ball. Yeah, they just kind of went to the person and was like, yeah, hey, that's Tom Brady's ball. You got to give it back. Like, I would like, his... nope. I would like my lawyer on standby mm, said, exactly. if I catch it, it's mine. Well, because what happened was he threw a touchdown pass. The person that caught the touchdown pass didn't in the moment know that it was Tom Brady's historical touchdown pass. So he My threw Evans. it into the stands. Oh, well, he need to talk he to him about it. He threw it into the stands. Look, I would have put the interview at Good Morning America, uh, The View, Stephen A. Smith. Everybody no come on in the morning. Get away. I got this Aaron Judge ball. Y'all trying to talk to me? I go on tour. I milk this thing, boy. I was like, what y'all, what you think I should do, Stephen A? What you think, big bro? Listen, you need to go and take your challenge to TMZ Sports and holler at them because they do that for a living. They will run exactly. the price up. I'm telling you, it's exactly. crazy. There's no way. That's not even honorable for these people mm-hmm. to ask mm-hmm. for their ball. Like, they know the person's going to make that much money. So that debate turned real one-sided real quick. How do you feel, though, <laughs> as an athlete? Would you want your ball back? That I mean, is it like a oh, superstitious yeah. kind of so, thing? So I want my ball back, but this is what, like, so I would have came in with making it sound good. Like, I wouldn't even have approached the conversation would give it to me for free because... Oh, did, did he actually say that? A reporter asked him, do you want the guy to give you the ball? And he said, I would love to have my ball back, Yes. I would oh, love you know for you what? to pay me. <laughs> you know what? Exactly, boy. I see what your contract about to be. Why go after the ball when you have the bat that hit? Oh, my God. Boom. And this is coming Look from a there. baseball player. Roy is a baseball player. He exactly. has a bat that hit the ball. Exactly. Wouldn't that be a players? nice duo, though? Exactly. Wouldn't that make it worth more money? Because a bat and ball go the together. I'm going to say this if you ever had someone to offer you if you ever had a basketball and you won a championship with the basketball I know you would love it back and I would love for you to have it back but if you bet if someone who you make the shot and they and then somebody just throws it up because y'all win the championship at the last minute or something like that and it goes in the stands you really want that person if they could get X amount of dollars no. You want that person to give you the ball back. Yes, think- but I want to play Let's Make a Deal. What I was saying was oh, I would have never went to that person with nothing to offer because that sounds crazy. So if I was him, so, so I'd have been So $2 million like, is nothing, right? Is what you're saying. No, I wouldn't that even have came chump in. Change. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Let's no, no, these baseball players, that's chump change. For that's chump change for them. But yeah, what I'm saying is yeah. I really would have went the Let's Make a Deal route. So that person can only offer... He needs to talk offer, with me. We listen, can probably... I do deals for a living. I would have been like, listen, that person can only offer you cash. Let me tell you what I can offer you. You want to hit with me one weekend? Let's go <laughs> to the park one weekend and we can hit together. I'll give you one million season tickets behind Boom. the plate and Boom. and 
You can come hang with me one night and <laughs> roll with me. Soul. I'm gonna give you some memories. Can they offer you that? How can you say no to that? You gotta remember. I'm gonna be like, give me my two million, and I make my own daggone memories. I can yeah, buy my own baby. seasonal seats. I can have Let me tell you something. Two million No, I'm sorry. Two million dollars. I can buy my own season seats behind the box. I but can have my not, two million. This is a fan. Yeah, but I mean, people don't like I to spend their own two money. They can too, buy their own seasonal tickets at this point behind where they want to buy them. I tell them that sounds good, brother. But can I add one more thing what to you what you just you? said? <laughs> Ten more million dollars. We good. <laughs> your, track, your contract next year, bit, bro. Also, oh, you're saying okay, I so you're saying future. next year we'll talk about more because I ain't got that contract bruh, yet, bro, bro. One million dollars for this ball. It's like he don't even like me. I feel like ugh, you think I was, you think I was trash. So <laughs> you think the two million offer is even too low? That's oh my god. <laughs> See, Cole and them have already accepted their two million dollars. They got my two million to get out before See? he do something. Look before you know somebody. Unfortunately, some of these um, some of these athletes do something scandalous and Bobby worth nothing. You better get rid of True. it while you can. She's taking her money and running, honey. <laughs> Juju mm-hmm. might hold on his ball. Yeah, one day too long. I'll be in the south of France with the ball around my waist in, the, in, the, in, the, in the, one of them briefcase with the chain of handcuffs to the briefcase. Chop his whole hand off. Like that. Yeah, you just gonna make himself a marked man. <laughs> like the new clear football. I do have a scenario then since we having the great debate. I uh, want to hear what y'all think because I have a ball that could be worth some real money too signed by the forever President Barack Obama. It was his campaign ball that he would play with when he was on the campaign. I asked him for it. He actually signed it for me and said, oh, I didn't want to do this, but I want to teach you a lesson that fortune favors the bold. And the fact that you asked, I want to show you that that's a good look. So I doing? have that in a security <laughs> like, deposit box. You're not like, selling that ball. I don't I know. care. It's a family oh. heirloom. But okay, I'm just saying, say. if somebody offered me Ten million, let's say two million dollars. Do y'all think I should sell our family heirloom? Oh, you, no, you lost your mind. No. What if, what if Barack Obama came back? Exactly. What if, what no, if Barack listen. Obama came back and said, "Hey, I'm gonna need that ball back for you no, know." Listen, for, listen, listen. We're talking. About, this is two Damn. different scenarios. Number one, he gave you the ball. So if he didn't want you to have it, he wouldn't have given it to you. Number two, he doesn't want the ball back. Number three, <laughs> we have the ball. See, the problem is, is that they, that the person who wants the ball does not have the ball. We're not selling the ball because we already have it. We have gotten approval <laughs> but, and it was given saying, to us for free. Would you sell it? Is there a price tag that you There's sell no it? price tag mm-hmm. on that. There'll never be another first black president, regardless of how many millions of years. <laughs> they you will There's never be able to say. That's right. That's so right. you will never, that memorable will always be what it is. You know, this guy can have another season and hit another thousand balls because they could play to these 60, 70 <laughs> baseball players can. So, Cole, what if they offered you $2 million for the Obama ball? I'm no, I'm not doing that. No, she said, no, this, this is, and, and salute to my sister. No, we're not doing that. the Obama ball, if them folks said, hey, Jew, here's $100 million for the first black president ball, I'd be like, sir, where do I sign? And do you have it on you? that's life-changing money no that i mean yeah that is life-changing money that's what it's for i want it that's what i'm saying that is what it's for because if you just have it stored away the whole time no see a baseball from a baseball player everybody's going to cherish a baseball from a baseball player we don't know who we're selling it to we could be selling this to the most grimy people and you don't know what they're going to do with it and i would be upset i would be upset not my problem problem. (laughs) problem. what if it was barack obama himself 
offering $100 million to have it back. Well, he can have his ball back at $100 million. It's his. That's his. For hundred so million dollars, if he Who's wants his ball is back, it Cole, is it is it our family ball Who's now, ball is or is it President? <laughs> I thought Bruh. he gave it to me. What he did give it to you. To that baseball, all, all that turned. baseball flew out the air and landed on somebody. If Barack Obama <laughs> gave you this foot, this basketball, and then he says, "Hey, you know what?" I just, you know, I still on my heart. I want to give you a hundred million if you just give it back to what me. What if he said I zero, Cole? To go, no, you're not going to back from zero, sir. I love you. <laughs> that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. Dollars. I voted for you twice, man. <laughs> no, that's not going to happen. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, 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 sir. Wait, no, sir. Wait, what call you said is his ball. And, Why he can't? And Roy, I wish I could vote for him again. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, I wish I could vote for you again, but you're not getting this ball. Cole said no. you can get it back for $100 because it's your ball, but if it's for zero dollars. No. If it's for zero dollars, it's still my ball. You better not purchase it. <laughs> now, a hundred million dollars, hundred million dollars is your it's ball. Zero, it's still I hope mine. the president doesn't listen to your podcast. <laughs> What, let me tell you something. I hope he does. He, I hope he does because I bet you he'd be real about it. He'd be like, you better not give that ball away for less than $100 million. I'll tell you that <laughs> right now. Sentimental values. Hey, I'm sentimental until you ask for it back, sir. I love you dearly, but it's mine. <laughs> We're keeping it. I'm like, Brother Obama, for $100 million, I will sell that ball to Putin. <laughs> Oh no. no, no, see, no, no, no. and that's what I'm afraid of. And, and see, that is that's, our <laughs> that's, that's exactly what I'm afraid of. I'm glad you what said What he gonna do? What he gonna do? He gonna hoop with it. What is he gonna do with the ball, bro? And that oh and God. that concludes our Moco debate. We ain't selling unless you buying, no, no. baby. Okay, we ain't selling unless you buying. All right. All right. <laughs> the, the Barry Bonds ball that broke the actual home run record, uh, Mark Echo bought it for like three quarters of a million dollars, and then he put up a poll of what to do with it. Put an asterisk on it because you get steroids, blow it up in space, or like something else. Yeah. You don't Michael remember said blow it up in Come space. On, I already know humans. Wow. I, I forget who bought it. Mark Echo. <laughs> no, they, yeah, so he was going to donate it to the Baseball of Fame, but then they, they the vote got for the Astrich, and, and then they didn't want it mm. anymore. See, wow. this is what I'm talking That's why I don't want to insult anybody because the people like that. I don't trust him. I don't trust you. Yeah. You got to protect it. When he hit number 60, that's just like a round number and all that. The kid just gave it back to him for, he got all of his boys with him and met Aaron Judge and all the gear. And then people were like sculling him because he could have got money for it. A real fan will be hype for the meet and greet. Y'all got to remember real fans. That will be their life goal. They don't be thinking, bro. You have to throw in. I have to come to your house a couple of days for dinner a week for a couple of months. You know, oh, come so over to the want to be in the family. Oh yeah, take it all the way. Let's just, you know. <laughs> she gonna say we gotta be friends. I can imagine what Stephen A. Smith would say to Juju is like, brother, it's the honorable thing to do. Give him back that ball. But you're gonna tell me that you're gonna give up. Three million dollars <laughs> to give him back that baseball. It's crazy. Stay off the weed. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> wow, Roy. That actually sounded just Bravo. like him. Wow. Yeah. So that's really happening in real life, y'all. Like I wanted y'all to know that it feels like we all had the same thought process, but there's folks out there that's doing the opposite in real life. 
real life giving it to him for a meet and greet. Well, there are better people than me. Mm-hmm. I put me behind the plate for the, my life. Well, you want to be the catcher. <laughs> you start in that. <laughs> right. We start there. I'm still, I'm still a little bit like, you know, that $2 million, that's a lot. That's life changing money. I'm going to keep my President Obama ball forever. It's going to be a family heirloom. But it just makes me think about, you know, mental health. I can't preach it enough, you guys, that whoever's close to you, figure that out. You know, spend some time with yourself. The pandemic made people do that. But spend some time with yourself. Find out who your inner circle is. And just like Nia Long said, that's all you got to worry about. You ain't got to explain yourself to everybody. That's all we have this week for Montgomery and Company. We'll see you next time. Hello, it is your partner, Big Boy. Interested in giving back to your community while making new connections in your neighborhood? Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network that empowers you to take action, contribute to local needs, and be a part of something bigger than yourself. Visit caneighbors.com to learn more about how you can get to know your neighbor and strengthen your community. Neighbor to neighbor, it takes a neighborhood. Hello. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.